This is the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I am Larry Landon, and honored to have a guest today, Julie Moorhead. Julie is the executive director of the Fishers-based nonprofit organization, More Than a Phone. More Than a Phone has a fundraising event coming up. We'll talk more about that later. So, Julie, uh, welcome. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me, Larry. And uh, yeah, just to just let you know, there's a fundraiser tied to the Colts game. You never know when people will hear a podcast. If you hear it before, on or before October 29th, which is uh, the yeah. Colts game against uh, New Orleans, there's a special event that we'll talk about in more detail later on. But the first thing I'd like to do, Julie, is just is talk about your organization. More Than a Phone is, is a, an organization centered on helping victims of domestic violence. So what you basically do, as I understand it, is you provide cell phones and data service to people who are trying to get out of a very difficult situations as far as abuse is concerned domestically. Explain uh, sort of what you do and why this this cell phone uh, component is so important for people trying to get out of bad situations. Right. Um, so we actually partner with nonprofits across the country that serve survivors of domestic violence. Um, we like to think of ourselves as, like our specialty as the phone provider, um, but we really don't understand victims and survivors like nonprofits that actually help them do. So, for instance, Julian Center in Coburn Place here locally in Indianapolis, we know they're experts at knowing exactly what survivors need to help them get their their lives together after such a distraught time. Um, and of course, very stressful. We saw a need um, because we know um, how attached we are to our cell phones, how we do everything from them, you know, from work to our schools, um, with our children, we have to check in regularly with all the different apps and different things that we have. Our doctor's offices, you can do so much on your cell phone. It's really become a necessity. Um, but the bad thing is in the hands of an abuser, they can be very um, controlling and tracked and all sorts of negative um, can come from that being in the hands of um, potentially their abuser instead of their own um, personal account. So if they have to leave a relationship and they're in one of these shelters or, a, you know, a nonprofit program, if they go to a program and they need a phone that's safe, these programs then will have the opportunity to give them a phone and data service from us free of charge to them. And I do know that a lot of organizations were providing this out of their budgets, which are slim as is and very difficult for them. So having this be there, be so easy and accessible to them has been really great. Well, thank you for that. That's a good explanation. And I think you, you bring up something very important. You know, my, my twin daughters are adults now. They're, they're 29 will be 30 in a few months. And my twin daughters, and they were just uh, coming of age when the cell phone boom happened, we didn't even have data. We were just talking on the phones in those days. And now you make a very good point. I want you to talk a little more about this because let's say you're in an abusive relationship. You probably have uh, some kind of, of joint cell phone service, which means mm -hmm. the abuser, alleged abuser, whatever may be the case, can track you because there's so much technology on these phones. Explain why having that independent phone is so important. 
Yeah. I mean, if you're in a really um, physical abuse situation where you're scared for your life, um, as many survivors are, you know, an abuser can see where you are. Um, if you have like an app like Life360, which I use to track my children, um, but, you know, it, it's a family app. So my husband's also on it and he can see where I am. Um, and that's, seem, you know, it's fairly normal for all of us right now. Um, there's air tags. There's all sorts of different devices and apps that can locate, give your location, even Snapchat. You know, you, uh, my kids use it. I don't use it, but they can see where all their friends are. It's scary in the hands of someone that wants to do harm to you. So coming off of that, getting a clean number, a clean line um, that's not attached to anybody or not, you know, to a potential abuser, but it, it still allows you to have access to your family, your friends, uh, your place of work. You, it's really something we can't go without right in today's day and age. On your website, you, you gave some pretty startling statistics i think that yeah. uh, over one in th over one in 3 women one in 4 men have experienced some intimate partner violence that's a big number 12 million people yeah. a year experiences yeah. i have to tell you I, I i'm a volunteer journalist and podcaster now i made my living as a journalist many years ago and I did a, a, a long-form story on radio, which is kind of rare, but they let me do it, all about abusive relationships. And uh, the funny thing was, it was about women, and I get all this, this feedback from the story saying, why didn't you talk about the men who were abused? And I said, well, I could have. <laughs> I mean, that's also there. The idea that one in four men are in an abusive relationship. And it could be both mental, either one or the other, mental, physical, or both, Correct. Yeah, and emotional. And I feel like that's the key that we don't always think about. I think, you know, the stigma with domestic violence and intimate partner violence is a black eye. And that's not necessarily it. There's um, a host of different abuse. Financial abuse is a huge one that these um, relationships experience. You know, your your breadwinner has their own account and they give you whatever they think that you deserve, you know. So it, you can really get caught up in different um, abusive situations. And, of course, emotional abuse is equally detrimental to somebody. Yeah, I think that uh, even in a in, in a place where, you know, how should I put this, that uh, where there is some wealth, sometimes mm -hmm. you, will, you will find a situation where one partner or the other, it could be a man or a woman, depending on who brings in most of the income, and that, that has changed in recent years, uh, you can have a situation where it's very difficult to leave because of those financial ties. I guess the phone is, is a part of that, but but uh, the, the fact that uh, you feel tethered in a financial way, yet you're still being abused, makes it much more difficult for you to pull away. Yeah, it, it is. And we actually, I mean, when you look at the stats, it, we particularly with our program are usually helping people in a low income situation, but the statistics aren't tied at all to income. It, it is a very equal socioeconomic, um, you know, abuse. Like it, there's no, it, it doesn't necessarily happen to only poor people. It happens just as frequently to wealthy people. So I think that that's um, very important. And that's something that we, you know, we've been in this now for about five years and we've realized, okay, we know who we're helping kind of, I mean, our program's anonymous, but 
we know that, you know, there's people like us, the, our my program director and myself particularly have had this conversation that might be in a situation and don't necessarily know where to turn. So we thought as an organization, we needed to provide a little bit more to people like like us. This is what we, we kind of say when we're looking at it. So we've created a resource page that we actually just launched this month. And it's on our website. If you go to resources um, and you click, there's two options. One of them, um, I forget exactly what it says, but it's like, how can how can I get help? And it, it goes through like legal, financial, like ways to protect yourself if you are in an abusive situation and you don't necessarily need to go to a shelter. Maybe you do have a family member or a good friend that you could go stay with, um, which I think a lot of people do. And so, okay, here, now you're in a safe place. Now let's figure out the steps you need to take to protect yourself and leave this harmful relationship. Yeah, I did look at your website. That's a very easy to use tool, by the way. I found it very, very user-friendly. Let me zero in on something that you've already touched on. I want to talk a little more about this because just imagine you are a victim of abuse you're trying to pull away. Explain again just how important having that independent cell phone not tied to your abuser is so important in your decision to finally get away from that situation. Well, I think some people probably take the phone with them and not even realizing that. And then their abuser can potentially find them, you know, wherever their safe place is and bring them back. I think the statistic uh, is something like it takes. I think it's particularly around women, but I'm not sure. It takes seven times to before you leave the relationship for good. So is the phone attached to that sometimes? I know um, animals are a big attachment to that statistic. I'm sure children, I'm sure financial all come into play with that. Um, but it it takes like a plan. You You know, you have to be well thought out on how you're going to do this because it's your life. It's often very disruptive to leave a relationship like that. And so many times it's hidden. So you, it, it's a lot to leave an abuser. And you do have some help as far as, you know, where you might find legal help. And if you're seeking legal help, you want an independent cell phone more than ever, don't you? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. There's all sorts of um, independent things that you want, you know, an email that your abuser doesn't know about where you can send screenshots and, and, you know, things that are showing that he or she is potentially stalking you, anything like that, um, that threatening that has come to you that you can keep in a secure location so you can delete it from your phone. Because if you don't delete it from your phone, your abuser will delete it for your phone when he has access or she has access to your phone. So it, it, it can be a very um, harmful tool, I would say, for an abuser been doing this. Uh, I, I do a podcast for about seven years now locally, and I've, I've been writing a blog locally here in Fishers for about 12 years. And one item I have written about time and time again is the lack of a, uh, a, a domestic violence shelter in Hamilton County. Although that's not directly tied to what you do, we are, the, I think, still the wealthiest county in the state, one of the wealthiest in the nation. And yet we mm-hmm. do somehow have not been able to construct a, a, a domestic violence shelter. I, I've talked to the county commissioners about this many times. They've tried. There have been some some uh, some some brick walls they've run into, but there it seems like that's finally uh, going to happen. So just from the people that you deal with and, and your 
a day-to-day work. People have to be sent to Indianapolis. Anderson Alternatives is another place people go in Hamilton County who need shelter. And, and, you know, having that cell phone in the shelter also is a very important connection that allows them to conduct business in there. But but uh, how important do you think it's, it is that Hamilton County have a domestic violence shelter? Well, I, I feel like it's probably a nationwide and under a, a utilized resource that mm, there is a humongous need. If we look at it, I know Indiana, the statistic that is most recently out says that 43% of women have experienced intimate partner, in, intimate partner abuse in their lifetime. So you you look to your left or right, and it's very possible that that person has experienced this in their lifetime. Not everyone needs the shelter, but there are many people that do. And I, I agree. I think uh, Hamilton County really does need one. I think every county needs one. Um, I think they're full um, everywhere where they are. So it, it's difficult. As you know, housing is probably one of our biggest issues as a country that we need affordable housing and we need safe housing. Uh, particularly- so, but I do know Prevail. Sorry, we I'm work sorry, with Prevail. Ahead. We've been a partner of theirs. So when we piloted our program, we worked with Coburn Place, Julian Center, and Prevail um, before we started launching. Now we're in 100 communities nationwide. But those three helped us to develop the program. And it was interesting because they're all very unique. And Julian Center is your emergency shelter where people go and, you know, usually are there short term. Coburn Place is a great transitional housing option, which is wonderful. And I think that's the model that we need more of where people can stay to actually get on their feet for, you know, years up up to two years. Um, And then you have Prevail, who does has tons of resources for people, um, group therapy, all sorts of like they are where to go in Hamilton County if you need help. But they do not have that shelter. But I do believe that they are pushing very hard. Um, and I think that they are partners in, in what will be coming in Hamilton County. did a podcast uh, early in my podcasting career here. This in the, And, and uh, it's one of the most listened to podcasts I have ever done. And it, it's even though it's several years old. And it, 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 it you may be familiar with the Hamilton County Leadership Academy. And uh, when you get into that, uh, leadership, yeah, you this leadership uh, program. Everybody does a project, and the project uh, that I centered on there was was teen dating violence. It was mm-hmm. Brit- Brittany Weinbar, who's at uh, Prevail, and uh, Jocelyn Bear, who who is now on the Fisher City Council. And what I want to ask you is that it seems to me that when uh, either women or men need to know when they're in an abusive relationship early in their lives. And when you have teen dating violence, it's some, you know, that if you can put a stop to that or get these people reined in who maybe have a tendency to do this and say, hey, this is not acceptable behavior, perhaps that's a good place to start. Um, have you run across uh, any situations like that as you're handing out these cell phones where there are very, very young people who, who may need the cell phone just because they're, in an abusive relationship and can't get out of it, even though they, they may not even be out of high school yet. Yeah, it's very scary. When you think about domestic violence, you have to associate it to a cycle. It, it is a lived cycle. They've seen it. You're it, just like, um, it's, it's just cyclical. And that's why it's so important to talk about it. And that's one of the biggest components of more than a phone is advocacy work and making sure that we're talking about a subject that people want to brush under the rug. We can't do that any longer because people have to know 
what abuse is and that it's more than a black eye, as we talked about earlier. Um, as far as our program goes, I would say we are experts in cell phones. It comes, you know, our program was developed from our relationship with a wireless company. Um, and that is our forte. We don't necessarily get, we don't give the phones out. We give them to the organizations that that's their, what they do. And so I really like, we personally don't give them out. Um, but I do know that, you know, April is, um, teen violence or teen dating awareness month. I can't remember exactly the term off the top of my head, um, but it's where you talk about the younger relationship piece. And we focus on that like October for domestic violence awareness month. Um, but we have created an educational piece specifically for around 18 to college age kind of focused around um really looking at college campuses and violence that starts in those early relationships um, are, we call it more than a statistic. Um, this year, our focus was on the LGBTQ plus community, another community that sees even higher rates of abuse. So we want to make sure that we're speaking about it and educating others about it. Um, but personal experience, we don't really have because we don't give the phones out. Yes, you do mention uh, the fact that that's your job is, is to get the phones for other organizations and they figure out who needs the cell phones, but you do have a, a family relationship with a group called TCC, also Fishers-based, Round Room. Uh, your husband is on the board of directors of your organization, so there's obviously a big connection there. Yeah, absolutely. So we, um, my husband and I own Round Room, and Round Room has two wireless, TCC and um, Wireless Zone, which is a franchise business, but we are in wireless and have been. Scott's parents started it. So we have been in from the very early ages and have a wonderful relationship with Verizon um, as we have over 1,200 stores nationwide. So when we started really talking about our philanthropy and our give back, Scott really wanted to do some sort of a program. Um, but we we really like to tie our philanthropy from our company, not from us, but from the company. We like We consider our whole organization family. So we really like to get everybody involved in that. So they helped form the idea, our employees. Um, and really it came from an employee's idea and it came from Verizon's um, passion and their relationship with domestic violence survivors that, that they've had for many years. They've always been really great advocates and supporters. So that's kind of how we developed the program and started the program more than a phone um, really came through our employees and our employees get behind it and our advocacy work through our work through that side of things through our for-profit company has been really amazing to see um, because we are talking about it. We talk about domestic violence all the time at our organization and we get personal calls, um, you know, from employees. We have over 2000 employees at that company that will call us if there's an issue. They've had customers that they've recognized They've been able to see and been able to help. Um, they know where the resources are in their communities. So it's been, you know, a really big group effort and everyone, everyone has really gotten behind this. And I think, again, it's because the statistics, everyone's dealt with this at some point in their life or a friend or family member. Yeah, it's, it's hard to find somebody, you're right, has, does have at least a friend or family member that's somehow been, been touched by, by this thing. And it's interesting, I looked at your website, and of course the company Round Room is heavily involved in, in, in the organization more than a phone, but uh, you have volunteers who are experts in the business as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, our the whole 
um, call center. Everything that we're able to do at the cost that we're able to do it at is because of our business relationships. Um, because of our wireless business, we're able to get the, the phones donated. We're able to get accessories donated. Our largest cost for the program is data service. And we also run a call center at uh, TCC. So our call center activates the phones um, and we do it as bare minimum as we can, which is about $45 a month right now. So that's our largest cost. So the four months of data service. So that's really, and when we say, when we talk to donors and we look at people that are willing to financially support our organization, that's what their money is going towards. Because of our relationship with Roundroom, there, it's not going for that back end, the marketing expense, the people, um, you know, that like our program director and our development director, they, they're not covering that charge. They're just, their money is just going to go to support survivors. On your website, you talked about that section where you have legal uh, advice and so forth, but you also have a section in that area uh, which deals with security and safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've sort of touched on this. Tell us more. Just how important is that cell phone component to allowing people to feel safe and secure once they've left an abusive situation? Yeah, it's a very good idea. And I think they'll realize that as they leave their relationship, that they had a lot that they could have been doing that they just didn't know existed. Um, And apps and technology has been a benefit for all of that. But you have to know where to find it. So the resource page was created. Actually, our program director, Courtney, and um, our one another person that helps us on more than a phone went to a technology summit out in California this year. And that's where a lot of the resource page um, information came from. So we even learned a little bit more than what, you know, we knew just doing what, what we do. And again, we're not a direct touch. We're kind of that third party, that middleman, if you will, um, to victims and survivors themselves. But we saw that there was an area that people couldn't find that information. So I would direct people there. I really, again, it's not something I can directly speak to, but there are apps, there are ways to keep yourself secure, um, to make sure that your phone's not being tracked and things like that, that if you're in an abusive relationship, you should you should definitely check out. Well, you mentioned funding and the fact that you do need funding to keep this program going. Yet $45 a month uh, for a data service may not sound like a lot to some people, but it's a tremendous amount for somebody financially trying to extricate themselves from a, from a relationship that's gone bad and it becomes abusive. So you are having a fundraising event. We are recording and posting this on October 25th. On October 29th, the Colts are playing the New Orleans Saints. You have a fundraising event not far from Lucas Oil Stadium. It's a more than a tailgate is the name of it. Uh, so tell us all about that and how people can become involved. So we do have the one annual event and we, we do like to make it fun. Um, I do think it's important to shine a light on domestic violence, especially when we talk about the NFL. I think that there's been a lot of bad stories and bad press. And again, I think that it needs to be talked about. I think that's one of the most important things we can do. So we also wanted an event that was unique and not maybe an oversaturated event. And as we knew we were coming in as a new nonprofit into a very developed community um, of Indianapolis and Hamilton County. So we thought, uh, again, it comes from our wireless background. One of the biggest events that my husband and I have enjoyed has been the Super Bowl, thanks to Verizon um, allowing us to go. And my favorite part of Super Bowl, I know 
football fans will be like, you're so, you're so annoying, Julie. Um, it's the tailgate pre-party. So there's an amazing tailgate that the NFL throws that we get um, the privilege to go to. And I wanted to create that in Indianapolis. So it's very inspired from the NFL tailgate. We have entertainment. We have gourmet um, tailgate food from bratwurst, including vegan um, bratwurst. We have skewers with veggie skewers and to steak skewers. We have my personal favorite, the Tacho Bar, where you can load up a sweeter, savory um, tater tot. <laughs> and we we do donuts and different appetizers and things. Um, another thing I like to incorporate because we're you know generating income for what we do is shopping because I love to shop. So I think shopping should be at about every event we have. So we put together some really cool um, silent auction items that are bundles that are fit for anybody. Um, we have, you know, some liquor bundles. We have kids bundles. I mean, we have the new um, American Girl, Girl of the Year. Don't know how old your granddaughters are, but big interest for a holiday present. <laughs> we have bundles for your dogs, cats, all sorts of fun and unique items. Now, my granddaughters, uh, I have a granddaughter or grandson, are a little young for this, but eventually I'm sure they'll be good. So explain, uh, if somebody would like to be a part of it, uh, what does it cost and, and how do you uh, yeah. sign up for so it? It's, um, our tickets are $150 for a couple. Um, I honestly, I can't even remember. I think it's $85 for a single ticket and our child tickets are $40 if they're over the age of eight. Um, it is kid friendly. We have some really cool outdoor, um, activities like the big Jenga and things like that. So, um, they can, it's, it feels like a tailgate. It's very family friendly. It's early in the morning. So, you know, no one's getting too rowdy. Um, my yellow rickshaw is our band this year and they're just fun. It's just, it's going to be a, it's just a really fun atmosphere. Um, we do have a tiny portion uh, in there of programming just so people remember, you know, why they need to bid and to donate while they're there. Um, but yeah, it's just a really good time. And of course, we, you know, we give everyone purple ribbons for the month. Um, we give uh, the resources are there and different things. So it, we don't not talk about it. Everything that we do touches on domestic violence and, and speaking to it so that we can stop the cycles of violence. And I'll have a link at LarryAnnFishers.com uh, if you want to sign up. I'll put a link there so it's very easy for you to to sign up for this event. I assume you, there are still plenty of tickets available. There are tickets available, morethanaphone.org. Um, our pop-up right now is the tailgate tickets. So you'll see that right when you go to the website. And that's also where you can find these resources in the More Than a Statistic. I Just real quickly on More Than a Statistic, it is a video series. It's a five-part video series. We've done it. Um, we know people don't have, you know, a huge amount of time. So we created these about five minute segments, chunks, so they can be added on. Like if you were having a meeting with teens and you wanted to touch on um, intimate partner violence and and how to look out for it and consent and all of those kind of things, that that would be our series um, that was focused on the teens. And then the LGBTQ um, that we just did this year, more than a statistic, is so informative. It talks so much about respect in the community and just how the community as a whole has kind of been bullied and it's almost like normalized and it, it shouldn't be. Violence should never be normalized. So it's to people that don't understand or maybe they've got a new relative that just 
came out and told everybody that, you know, they're trans or whatever it is. And it's hard to digest. And this series would be really great for you to watch if you want to be compassionate to someone that you know that's been that has come out and you want to really figure out how to support them. But it's a little questionable and you just don't understand. That's really where we would direct someone to the series. Well, one last chance or anything uh, you would like to add before we wrap this up. We're always looking for new corporate partners. Um, we can have a partner that is in any of our communities. We hit 100 communities this year. Um, nationwide, we're in uh, 24 states in Washington, D.C. We have 20 communities here in Indiana. So if you're a corporation or an individual that wants to support a whole community so that we can continue growing into new communities, um, we look from for 35 hundred to ten thousand dollar partner in the communities where we serve that helps us grow and supports that community and we will tie you right in and help with volunteering and how to become an advocate we just kind of share what we've done um, because like i said it's made a huge difference in tcc and wireless zone employees understanding talking about it breaking the cycle so we want everyone to do that Julie Moorhead is the executive director of the Fishers-based nonprofit, More Than a Phone, with a uh, close tie to Round Room, also a Fishers-located operation. So, Julie, good luck with your fundraiser and with all the work that you do. And and thank you uh, for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it.